Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Believe in Arizona State, excuse me, Arizona State podcast with uh, your co host, Dick Coleman. And the star of this podcast, yes, you, All-American, three-time Pro Bowler with the Cincinnati Bengals, David Fulcher. David, it's nice to see you, partner. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm feeling good, man. I hate to see it, but you're in air, uh, not in Arizona. Boy, look at me. You are in the airport traveling, <laughs> and um, you know our schedules are busy, but we still had to uh, put this together. So I appreciate you uh, sitting in the airport waiting for your flight to uh, to take off. And uh, we're going to make sure that uh, we can go ahead and let our viewers know what's going on in the uh, Believe in Arizona State. And want to talk a little bit about Dave, you know, um, boy, tough. We said it last week. They got three tough games coming up and uh, they just finished playing one against Utah. And um, my perspective as I watched the game was the lack mm -hmm. of offense that they had. Uh, Utah's a pretty good football team. They, uh, you know, you're not going to be ranked that high if you weren't that good. But, you know, I'm not a stat man, but one of the stats that I thought that stood out to me in this football game was where was the Russian team? No Russian at whatsoever. Um, the X factor. That's true. He wasn't the X factor. They finished with six <laughs> yards rushing. And we could go a week ago against Eastern Michigan. They had almost 300 yards rushing. But against Utah, they finished with six, and you can't you can't compete when you do that, partner. The X factor early in the game, he did have he broke one for about fourteen yards. But over the course of the game, the losses in the game ended up with about six points and six yards. David, I, I do understand that they were outmatched. I do understand that, and I do understand that the final score wasn't pretty. But there's a couple things. This is called believe in Arizona State. So let me share a couple of things that give me hope yes. that when we do these podcasts in the future, we're going to keep talking about positive things. Number one, I saw them stay committed. It looked like they were committed to Sean Guano. It looks like they came to play. They, they took some big hits. They gave some big hits. And to me, it appeared they stayed committed throughout that entire ball game to the point where they scored. And one of my favorite guys on the team, Messiah Swenson, excuse me, scores on one of the last plays of the game. They never gave up, David. Now, were they outmatched? Yes. Uh, was the stadium pretty empty by the end of the game? Yes. But for a team that was outmatched, I didn't see them give up. You're right. I didn't see any pressure on the quarterback. We had quite a few sacks. And uh, a couple plays were called back. A couple of nice plays we had, real nice plays where guys took big hits were called back due to penalty. Did we have much of a chance to win that game? No, I don't believe we did. But they didn't give up, Dave. You know, and, and I think sometimes when you're when you're going through the turmoil they're going through, losing a coach, and how they lost a coach on the field um, when he lost his job uh, in front of everybody, that was kind of embarrassing. But 
as an athlete, you know, you, you still got to play ball. You still got to play. You got to do your part and you got to do the things you're supposed to do. So what I'm thinking is, is that as a player, you know, now you're being evaluated, you know, because you got a new coach, you know, you still got a responsibility. You got things you need to do. And the new coach wasn't um, somebody new to them. He was just the leader of this football team on that particular night. Uh, and he had a week to get those guys prepared and uh, they were prepared. Um, but once again, um, the week that they had losing their head coach, um, you know, a new leader trying to get this team up and down the field, uh, things are going to look different. So, um, but I wish they had a team that they could, you know, yeah. a cupcake team that they could play outside of Utah. But yet it was, uh, it was tough. It was tough to watch it um, because I know that they're better than that. Um, but it's going to take some time for that coach to, you know, form this team up to his caliber and what he wants to get done. So, sure. no, they did not quit. And um, it doesn't get any easy because they got the Trojans next week. Let's give credit where credit is due, David. And you, I think you're a better evaluator of a potential NFL talent than I am. But there were a couple guys on the other side of the ball for Utah. I think Kincaid, the tight end. I think we'll be seeing him play on Sundays. I wouldn't mind seeing a team with orange and black snag him. Oh, yeah. Have Joe Burrow thrown to him for the yeah. next decade of our lives. Yeah. I, I, just just kind of a man among boys, like a Swenson from, from their from their standpoint. A couple of tremendous wide receivers. Uh, a couple of couple of great running backs. The quarterback rising was again almost like a coach on the field, that poised level of that we're not seeing right now. But I, I don't know that that's, that's our barometer for success. I asked you, I, I asked you and uh, what, what success looks like. What does progress and success look like? I saw some, I did, I mean, I watched the first half live and then the Coast time difference gets to us on the East Coast and I ended up watching the second half on a tape broadcast. But they were outmanned, but they didn't give up. That, that gives me some hope. It gives me some hope. I thought Emery and Sanders hooked up a couple of nice times. I, I still thought Emery and Badger. Emery got his first interception, but it was a, wasn't exactly just a throw. It's a pretty nice play by Utah. Then just we were communicating early in the game. When it was nice to see them stop Utah on their first possession. They didn't go right down and score in Utah. They made a punt, and then we couldn't, you know, back-to-back -back sacks put us inside the five, and then you know from there we're going to have a tough time. Some of some of what we were hoping to see happen, but then we were worn down by another team. Quite simply, yeah. I mean, you when you when you're playing a, a nationally ranked team, um, you can't make mistakes because they don't make a lot of mistakes. And when they do make mistakes, because they're so good, they can capitalize on getting it back and taking care of business. Utah was fundamentally sound, both offensively and defensively, in that football game. And what happens to an Arizona State team with a few mistakes here and a few mistakes there, you're down 14 nothing, you're down 17 nothing, and you're out of the football game because Utah will not let you do those things because they're a nationally ranked team and they're used to being in that big spotlight playing the way they were playing. So speaking of spotlight there, Dave, I think I have a, uh, uh, <laughs> someone who was on the, on the line right now who was at the game. And, you know, I believe that as we do our podcast and we have um, some of the things that we have, I think this young lady who was at the game could really 
benefit uh, us in our podcast because she is pretty good at what she does. And I think she's there. Can you hear me? Kayla Fulcher, are you there, girl? I can hear you. Hi, guys. Hey, what's happening? How are you? What's up? Not much. Not much. Hello, there's Kayla. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back, Kayla. It's real nice to see you. You too. Hey, listen, Kayla, we're going to get right in this pretty quick. So issue against Utah down in Sun Devil Stadium. You were there. You knew the atmosphere. You know what was going on. Kind of give us a little perspective of what you saw uh, a little bit from start, you know, until the time you left that game. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I think I probably left around the first quarter. Oh, wow. Um, it, was, it was pretty uh, it was pretty bad, honestly. Um, I mean, the atmosphere was completely different, though. Everybody was in it. Everybody was there. I didn't realize how many Utah fans travel, but the whole half of the stadium was all red. And wow. The other half was and all they black. They travel. They travel. They're, they're the college version. They're the college version of like the Packers and the Bills oh, yeah. and the Steelers. Those people oh, yeah. travel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. First, they want to get out of Utah, and then numbers travel. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, you know, it was it was just frustrating. It was very frustrating to watch it. Um, I. Arizona State just I, I feel like they just they're not they're not getting in that groove. They're not catching that break that they need. I mean, looking back at the stats, I mean, it shows it showed during the game. But when I looked at the stats, I was honestly shocked by the amount of rushing yards. I mean, we had six rushing yards, six in the entire game, the entire game. That's that's not okay. Like at all. I mean, I think Utah had over 200 rushing yards. Um, yeah. Their defense was unmatched. Like I, we couldn't compete with their defense. There, there was no way. Those guys are, those guys. Now I was watching the game and their, their, their front seven is pretty good. You know, we start about front sevens, you know, the four defensive linemen, three linebackers or three down linemen, four linebackers, that front seven is pretty good. And they put a lot of pressure on Arizona State's offense. And like I said, if you're not used to seeing that or protecting it, um, they didn't protect it pretty well. You know, and once again, our, our podcast is Believe in Arizona State, and we do believe that this football team can play. But it's one of those things that they've got to come up and they've got to step up and make those plays. And Utah was just so strong. I mean, they were pushing, bench pressing the linemen back into the quarterback's face. And you can't throw the football when people are in your face. They couldn't run the football. And think about this. So a lot of times when you look at stats, stats are, you know, they're kind of misleading. Mm -hmm. as, a, as a total, Arizona State finished with six yards rushing. But that that's, that's considered sacks. That's considered tackles for loss. So you might have our X factor probably finished with 30 yards rushing. But when your quarterback gets sacked Correct. or you get tackled behind the line of scrimmage, it knocks your total rushing yards down. Mm -hmm. So when we see that six is exactly yards, what happened. Six yards is pretty bad because your quarterback's on his back. Somebody's getting tackled in the backfield. And before you know it, you're behind the stick. So one of the things that I noticed throughout the ball game is I'm always looking at third down. Third down situations are very important to me because you move the chains and footballs keep going and the game keeps going. I look up and I see uh, uh, Arizona State. 3-4-11 on third downs throughout the whole game. 3-4-11, that's, that's not a good percentage. Utah was 5-15. for 15. That's still not a better percentage, but yet 
when your total yards are 465 for Utah and 267 for Arizona State, let me tell you something, man. That's a, that's a disaster waiting to happen, and, and it did. So, you know, once again, turnovers, Arizona State three, Utah one. Um, you can't win those football games, man. Total first downs, Utah 26, Arizona State 15. And, and once again, man, Utah, because they're so used to being where they are, they're, they're, they're going to dominate a lot of people, and that's a pretty good football team. David, um, everything you just said, I'll, Kayla, I'll come right back to you. No, everything you're fine, you're fine. just said is 100% true. And Kayla, something you said, I just want to tell you, Don, you, you said they weren't catching a break. They couldn't catch a break. Early in the game, uh, Emery threw a nice swing pass to Sanders, who took it up the sideline. And he probably 25, 30 yard game. And he took a wallop going out. It was a yes, legal I hit. Yes, I saw that. He yes, yes, he did. Remember? Yes, he did. And, yes. and, his, and his, his teammates were right there. They picked him up, pushed him off. He sprinted back. And what happened there? That entire thing's called back. Penalty. I think it was a holding penalty. Holding Puts penalty. him back inside the 10 yard line. So is, is that considered a break? I guess not. A penalty is a penalty. But, and would that have necessarily changed the outcome of the game? I don't think so. Could have. We're talking about so. We're talking about some things in there. And Kayla, you're right. Not only catching a break, but creating your own breaks mm-hmm. by not all these other times when you've just had a nice play. Yeah. And those are and those are the things, Dave, that and Kayla, that you know, as a spectator, you watch those things and you said, Boy, if it wasn't a holding, you know, we got a 35-yard game. Now we got a momentum and we're moving. But now we're going backwards. So we go from first down on the play to now being first and 20 or first and 25. And when you're behind the chains like that, it makes it tough for a football team because now Utah is going to dial up some blitzes and some stunts and they're going to try to create havoc. And what do they do after that? I believe they sacked the quarterback. There was an incomplete pass. And before you know it, now it's third down and 25. So now they're sitting back. Those defensive ends are sitting back, pinning their ears back and they're coming right at the quarterback and then more pressure. Now you got to punt the football and. This football team, when I say young, I don't know if they're young in age, but when you're struggling, it's hard to get out of your own way when you're struggling like they are. And that's what they're doing right now. Well, and they're definitely going through a lot of adversity right now. I mean, losing their head coach, that that's adversity. That's, that's huge. Um, but also with what you said, momentum wise, I mean, let's say that there wasn't a holding call and they did get that 30 yard rush or that, that play, like, for them to get that called back, that that completely lowered their energy. Oh, yeah. You know? And playing college sports and, I mean, with you playing um, professional sports, too, you feed off that energy. You don't you, – you feed off of, of, obviously, the crowd's energy, but you feed off of your own players' energy. Yes. You feed off of when a play happens, a good play happens, where, where you get that extra yardage. And 30 yards is a lot of yards, yes. you know especially in the beginning of the game, especially against a good team like Utah, when that gets called back, of course, all of them are, they're bummed. They're down. They're not, they're like, well, it got taken away from us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. just looking at it, I mean, by the time halftime came, they had six points on the board. Those six points were not a touchdown in a, in a missed field goal. Those, those were all, those were all field goal kicks. You know what I mean? They waited until the fourth quarter to score a touchdown. You, you can't wait that you have to score. I mean, that's the whole point of any sport that you play in. You, you have to score. Um, sure and Utah took advantage of that. I mean, Utah scored in every single, every single quarter. Um, 
twice in every single quarter. I mean, it, it was. Hey, well, let me ask you a question. Yeah, I have a good question for you. We were talking about this earlier. <clears throat> we we know that the team has to stay committed. The team has to stay committed to the new coaching staff, and the new coaching staff has to stay committed to turning this situation around. Mm-hmm. I want to regress just a minute. You said was was the a couple quick questions that are one question. Was the stadium pretty full at the beginning of the game? Yeah, it was actually. It was very full. Okay. And give me give me give me the feeling in a couple of words. What was the feeling of the people in that stadium? Because here's a top ranked team in America. Don't forget, we have to remember this. If they don't go to Florida and lose, they were preseason number four. If they happened to beat Florida, we, we'd have been playing a top one, two, three, or four team. Yeah. What was the attitude? What was the attitude of the crowd? Honestly, everyone was in it. Everyone um Honestly, that game, you would have thought that Arizona State would have won that game just by the energy everybody brought. Um, it was a blackout game. So, I mean, everybody was in black. I mean, everybody was just in the game. And even the players in the beginning of the game before the game started, they were hyped. They were running on the field. They were jumping up and down. They were celebrating with the fans already. I mean, you would have thought that like this game – was the championship game. I mean, that's just how everybody was acting. Everyone was so into it. Everyone was so excited. I mean, I was excited. I mean, based on, on, you know, last week, I mean, you kind of have to let that go. Like it happened. I mean, you got a new opponent and this opponent is way better. You got to play way better. You know what I mean? It's, I feel like it's going to kind of be the same next week. Um, and I, I hope that they take, what happened last week with a grain of salt, but with the lessons that they've learned. Yeah. Because unless I'm, I, I might be crazy about this, David Fulcher, but here's the craziness of college football. We could talk, Kayla, we could talk about this. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, Eastern Michigan got spanked this week by yes, they did. Buffalo. Yes, at they did. Home. Yeah. So they come, they up. come out. <laughs> They come out to Arizona State. They beat Arizona State, Arizona State. They go home and get beat up by a MAC team. Yeah, yeah. Help me. Please help me as co-host of this podcast. So listen, Kayla, I really appreciate you coming back home, girl. Of course, guys. Of course. We're going to see you next week because I got a a special friend of mine that I played with. So I'm going to try to get him in here, Kayla. So we'll see you next week, girl. Okay? All right. Sounds good, guys. All right. Take care. All right. Hey, so here's the here's the thing, Dave. I uh, that girl's pretty good. She knows what she's talking about, man. I appreciate her insight, and she's doing what she's pretty good. So we having a young version of you at the games. I know we got to bring my my guy in, man. I'm gonna go ahead and let him in here really quick. I know he's on the road driving back from St. Louis. Um, hopefully, we can get him on here pretty quick, though. I know I hate to see him driving while he's uh, doing a podcast, but hopefully, uh, <laughs> we can get him connecting pretty quick. Uh, he's trying to get us in. Uh, he'll get it. Um, as he's working on it, Dave, um, Utah was tough. Um, can't see you there, big fella. If you're, if you're out there, you're trying to get it. You are muted right now. Um, I can't hear you. I can't even see you. Bye. Okay. You there? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, but I can't see you. Hey, Anthony, can you hear me? Probably better that you don't see me. Okay, that's okay, man. I can hear you. As long as you can hear me, you're good to go. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Greg. Can you hear me? Hey, so we got uh, Hall of Famer. Um, I I don't know what else to say, but, uh, you know, a very humble Southern California Trojan 
USC guy, Cincinnati Bengals, Hall of Famer, offensive lineman, Anthony Munoz. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Hey, David, good being with you, man. How you doing tonight? We're doing great, man. And I've got my co-host, David Coleman. Uh, hey, David. Can you hear him, Dave? I sure can. Hi, Anthony. Thanks for being with us tonight. Thank you, David. Hey, listen, man, I uh, I know you're traveling home and, and safe travels, um, but we wa I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, you know, both of us are Southern California guys, and uh, you went to SC. I played against SC, obviously, with Arizona State. Uh, you get drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals, and now you're a long way from home. And you, too, just like me, we both have stayed here in Cincinnati. And um, so tell me a little bit about what's going on with yourself, Anthony, if you don't mind. Well, you know, played my whole career here, as you know, stayed in Cincinnati, fell in love with Cincinnati. Uh, my wife and I both have, you know, two kids here in town. And, you know, when, when I retired, I actually uh, got a job offer back at USC about a week after my last game. And I said, thanks, no thanks. We're going to stay in Cincinnati. Uh, fell in love with it. You know, the first seven years I retired, I went into broadcasting. I was with uh, Fox when they got the NFL. Then I moved over to ESPN. Knowing all along, I had I have two kids. They were getting older. Uh, my son went off and played college ball, so I left broadcasting to watch him play, uh, watch my daughter play basketball. And, but, you know, did some broadcasting for about seven years, and then after that, when I left to watch them play, I didn't go back into broadcasting. I continued to do the Bengal preseason games on TV, which I've done probably 25, 26 years. Uh, for the last 21 years, I've had a foundation here in Cincinnati uh, where, you know, we have like eight programs dealing with uh, kindergarten through high school seniors, uh, trying to impact their lives, uh, leadership, character, and education. Uh, have a few companies I've represented. And as David knows, we get really involved with each other's uh, causes here in Cincinnati. We support each other's foundations and the, the great causes that we do. We play in each other's golf tournaments, uh, go to each other's dinners, and just really try to support one another's teammates. And And that's what it's been, you know, raising a family. Now uh, we got nine grandkids, so I know David's in the grandkids stage. Oh, yeah. So things are just, things are just great, you know. And, uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, doing that and trying to get out and play a little golf. Sounds like a plan, Dave. You got anything for Anthony? Because this is good. this is a this is a rare, I will say rare. But my, Anthony's my guy, man. He and I have been talking back and forth about doing this podcast. He's my guy too. Other than you being one of my, my top favorite athletes of all time, it's it might be a dead heat with you and Anthony Munoz. And <laughs> Anthony and I go back. We used we went to the same church for a while, and Anthony used to own a restaurant kind of over where I lived. And Anthony, I'll just say this: you're. You're not only a walking ambassador for the Bengals, but you're a walking ambassador for the NFL. You're a walking ambassador for what it means to be a gentleman, evidenced by the fact you're coming on tonight. I have a question about your Trojans. Uh, looks like, you know, at the beginning of the week, they're seventh now, I believe. Yes. And uh, somewhere around that number. And I, I want to say this the right way. I don't want to offend you or them. Is it nice to see them? being relevant again. And and I, I know that that's a tough thing to say because you might say, when were they irrelevant? But uh -huh. they're back in the discussion on, on, an, on a national level. And I, I know it was a tough game last week in Corvallis, but because of my career, I have spoken in Corvallis many times. I've been to Corvallis at least 70 times in my life. When they play at night there, that is no joke, David. It's a lot like going oh, to yes. Oklahoma State. Oh, yeah. It's really the same caliber of football team, but it's not easy to beat them in their stadium. 
And so, Anthony, what's it like right now for you? A very proud alum, All-American, Pro Bowler 11 times. How's it, what's it like to see them come back? Well, you know, it's not offending uh, anyone when you say that because they have been down. Uh, you know, after the Pete Carroll years, which was an amazing role, uh, you know, it's funny. They talk so much about the Pete Carroll years. And I think they overlooked the John Robinson years. Uh, you know, uh, as many All-Americans and, you know, maybe not, you know, they had the couple national championships. We had one, but, you know, we had four put pro football Hall of Famers and, you know, we got college Hall of Famers. And I think the, the 79 team at SC's overlooked and really talked about the, the Pete Carroll years, but that's great. I think it's getting back in that uh, that direction. I, you know, again, like I said, you're not going to offend me by saying relevant again because they, we have been down. Uh, I'm someone that's there uh, through thick and thin. Uh, you know, of course, COVID has kind of put a kibosh on that. But if they're winning national championships or if they're struggling, I'm there watching games. And you know, I'm excited about Lincoln uh, Riley. I mean, I didn't really have him on my radar when we we're talking about new head coaches. You know, they had a uh, search committee that interviewed about 45 of us former players and former coaches literally they did it this time they had talked about it previously but mike bone there did that uh i spent 45 minutes being interviewed what i was wanted to see hopefully come back but lincoln riley's name never came up and so when we hired him uh excitement a lot of excitement i've, I've had a chance to talk to him be around him several times i'm really really impressed and uh so we'll see we'll see if we can get uh yeah, I talked to Ronnie Lott after the Stanford game. We were at an event together, and I think we have the same sentiment. Offensively, a lot of weapons, able to score some points, but we still need some work on defense. And you mentioned Corvallis has always been a tough place, regardless of what kind of football team they have. When you go up there, you know you're going to be in for a battle. Oh, I remember those days up there, man. We uh, Back in the day, we know, when it was you know UCLA and USC and – Washington and then Arizona State were probably in the, in the mix as well. But Oregon and Oregon State, you know, they were, you know, just the, the stepchilds of the Pac-10, Pac-12. But it was always tough to go up there, Corvallis, and play, man. And, and you know, USC has um, – it's funny, man, because I'm, I grew up 15 blocks from USC, wanted to go to USC. USC said I wasn't good enough to play for them, so I wind up going to Arizona State to play against SC. But I remember, man, the days where that Trojan, that Trojan horse, USC, the Coliseum, you know, as a kid growing up, that's all you thought about. That's all you wanted to do. You wanted to be a Trojan. And when I didn't get that chance to play with them, I thought I'd play against them, and I did. But this is a special football team. Um, I know Lincoln Riley coming in has put some players in place. I know the portal has helped uh, some schools better than others. And I think USC has benefited on the portal. I've also seen where they are back to the USC football that I used to see as a kid growing up. Anthony, especially when you were playing, you know, the Charlie Whites, you know, the OJ Simpsons, the Marcus Allens, you can go all the way back to all those guys. So there's a lot of productive players that played at SC. But right now you've got a pretty good quarterback and that he's making some serious plays. And if I'm not mistaken, He's coming from Oklahoma, so he followed his coach over here, I believe. And I'll right. tell you something. That right. is a uh, that's a pretty good combination they got going on at SE right now. Yeah, a couple of things, David. You know, you mentioned OJ. I'm not that old, but I am old enough. You mentioned Pac-10, Pac-12. <laughs> I am old, old enough. I started my first two years in the Pac-8. 
Oh, and wow. And finished the Pac-10. So, there yeah, I was go. there. My, <laughs> so, I'm actually one that has a Pac-8 championship and a Pac-10 championship. There so you go. That, uh, but you're right. I mean, uh, the portal, the NILs, I mean, now everything is giving, you know, people an opportunity. Basically, free agency, free market. I mean, it, it's, you know, to me, it's gotten a little out of hand, but it's helping some teams that, you know, might not have been up there, you know, with the way it used to be or giving them a chance. And I know for USC, the transfer portal, it's given Lincoln Riley a chance to to let guys, when he got to USC, that he might not have wanted there to go play somewhere else. And then for him to bring in guys that he wanted, like you said, his quarterback Caleb from, uh, from Oklahoma who knows the system. I mean, they got this right. wide receiver, the Bolitnikoff winner from, you know, Pitt. They got the, the you know, die the, the running back from Oregon who has three 100-yard games so far. So they're getting back. They're getting back, and uh, we're excited. Uh, one quick story. The Sunday that they hired Lincoln Riley, I was up in Canton doing a, a, an academy, coaching some guys, and my phone rings at dinner, and it was Marcus Allen. And Marcus says, Anthony, do you know what just happened? I said, yeah, we just hired a new coach. He goes, no. Do you know what just happened? Do you know who we just hired? And he went on for about a half an hour excited about Lincoln Riley and giving me all his stats and everything he's done. So I have to say there's a lot of excitement and hopefully that continues to build with the guys, not only the portal, but with the recruits, we need to continue to get those young offensive linemen in there, which he did in Oklahoma and which we lacked over the years, the last several years. So uh, to say the least, there's a lot of excitement uh, about what's going on there on the, on the USC campus. And it appears that, uh, you know, president of, uh, Folk and uh, AD, uh, you know, Mike Bone are, are totally behind him. And I think it is obvious that they're behind him with the type of payday that he got. <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome. Right. Dave, you got anything else, man? Because I know my guy is driving from St. Louis. I don't want to be distracted. <laughs> well, you know, I got a little excited. As you know, Dave, baseball is my first love. First love. And, David, that it was my first love. So I'm driving into St. Louis yesterday. Got there right about dinner time, and the, the lights of Bush Stadium are on, and I didn't have anything last night. My first thought is going over and watching the Cardinals, but the Cardinals are out in L.A. They're out in L.A., and then, of course, I saw the the, gate, the gateway arch for the first time in person. Uh, you know, business meeting, I, I'm now, I have an official job with the Pro Football Hall of Fame, not only a member of the Hall of Fame, but out an employee, and my president, who I'm working closely with, Jim Porter, and I were there to meet with a really big, big company that's a partner of ours, and I'll be doing a lot more. So, yeah, my pleasure. It's an great. easy drive, five-hour drive, and I'm just you – know, I'm close to home <laughs> now. It's great to, to end my drive and uh, this evening with uh, talking to you guys tonight. Well, brother, I really Anthony, appreciate let, it. Let me share this with, with Anthony really quick before we yes. have to let him go. Anthony, I was born and raised in Canton, Ohio. So oh, wow. To, to have you in – enshrined a couple things i just want to say to have you enshrined and i hope that you enjoy every time you go back to the hall of fame and i know you're working with them an ambassador and every time you're back in my hometown i hope it's a good experience for you and to, to know that you were enshrined right there and uh, it's just an honor it's just really really wonderful for me to know that that's a connection for you and if we're ever there at the same time there's a couple of fabulous hideaway restaurants one of them's on me be good to see you there Thank well, you. Appreciate so I, I just, I just want to drive it. Yeah. No, I just want to add, I love going up to Canton and with this new job, I represent everything about the hall. That's my fellow hall of famers, the staff, the board and the city of Canton. And I tell people to, to, to see what happens. Hall of fame weekend, 
that everybody that's involved are volunteers and to see the ownership and the job they do. It just, I mean, it, it really, it's an honor to go back, not only for Hall of Fame weekend, but I get up there quite a bit even before this new position. So you got to be proud of your hometown because, uh, you know, they do a, an amazing job welcoming all the guys and, and the people that come during that uh, that weekend. So, you know, I, I love the people in Canton and uh, I enjoy every time I go up there. It's nice well, to hear. We Thank appreciate you, you calling there, big guy. Uh, we, we all right, man. each other. Hey, look, you take care of yourself, man. Get home safe. And uh, I'll see you soon on the, on the links, man. All right. Sounds good, buddy. All right, All right man. brother. You guys take care. See you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Bye. Andy. Wow. Let me tell you, Dave, that was, um, that was, uh, that was pretty good, man. That, that, uh, that guy, let me tell you, man, I've, uh, I came to Cincinnati in 1986 and, um, I remember my rookie year rushing, uh, Boomer Sison coming off the left edge and there was number 78, stopping me in my tracks and he didn't say much but he did tell me you can't touch my quarterback and from that day on <laughs> i knew i could not touch boomer because if i come from <laughs> the right side of boomer's boomer's front side i knew anthony munoz was there great guy um great opportunity man to have him on here and you know we talk about usc usc and arizona state uh we've had our battles um the four years I played against SC um, at Arizona State, we beat them three out of four years. Um, one year, Dave, we had them down at, uh, at down at Sun Devil Stadium uh, my freshman year, and it was a field goal game, six to three. There was no offense at all. Defense has won that ball game. Um, and from there on, it was always a battle. Um, and hopefully, we'll have another battle here. Arizona State's going into a hostile environment at the Coliseum, uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for ASU. But, you know, when you believe in Arizona State, as we believe in Arizona State, um, anything can happen. And once again, if Arizona State gets out there and they can control the clock, they can control the tempo, take USC out of their fast-paced offense, and just, you know, make sure to have the turnovers. The turnovers are very, very crucial. You know, we want a short field day. When I say short field, we want to be, you know, second and under five instead of second and 10, third and 15. Right. You're not going to win football games if you do that. Does that make sense? You're not going to do that. It absolutely does. You, you've trained me over time, and I, the more we talk football, but I, I understand the third downs are going to be huge. The turnovers are going to be huge. And honestly, this is even more every time we turn a third down into a first down, are keeping the ball out of the hands yes. of one of the better offenses in America at home. And and here, you know, this is interesting. They, they didn't give their best performance this week. So what are they going to want to do? They're going to want to come back home and beat someone to death, basically, so, so that they'll become the talk of the town again. If we can keep that offense off the field, I think they'll have a bit tougher time doing that. So you know, we talked about uh, the stats in the, in, the, in the Utah game where they only had six yards rushing. Well, the X factor had 30. I mean, eight carries, 30 yards. Eight carries is because you're down in the game and they don't want to run the football. So now your quarterback right. is throwing the football more. But what really hurt was Emory Jones has had 11 carries and minus 26 yards. So minus 26 yards for him, 30-plus yards for the X factor, 
Now you're right. looking at a very, very low. And they average 0. 0.3 yards a carry. 0. 0.3 yards texting. a carry. You and I were texting at that time, and there were back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back sacks that went for five yards, seven yards, eight yards, and we were texting each other going, this is going to be a long night if it keeps like this. Obviously, that can't happen for them to stay in the game with USC. Can't happen. One other little shining light was only one, but I liked it, is Ngata had a very nice kickoff return. And that showed me a little bit of work on special teams. And maybe, just maybe, David, special teams come up a little special this week and keep us in this ballgame. And every moment we're in this ballgame, just like Eastern Michigan did to us, every moment we're in this ballgame creates a sense of belief and momentum that we should be in this ballgame. Yes, yes. Let's hope. That is, yeah. So you know what? I think this football team, you can only go up, Dave. You can only go up. And I think this football team has a chance to do that. They've got a, they've got a new coach right now, or a head coach, um, a running back coach. So, you know, he's actually now running back coach and running this team. So I think that the, you can only go up. And I think this football team has an opportunity. I know you got to get to, you got to get on that flight, man. And I, I really appreciate my partner in crime. Uh, I sure do is out there doing what he needs to do, man. We're going to do it again next week. Hopefully uh, Arizona State we can will. go up there and upset the Trojans in Southern Cal and, uh, and at least play well, well enough to, to improve week in, week out. Okay, my friend? Absolutely. As much as I love you and doing this podcast, I don't want to walk to Raleigh-Durham, so uh, I will head to my gate, but uh, thank you for this and squeeze All right, my friend. And to have, it, to have one of my idols, Anthony Munoz, come on. And let me tell you, Anthony Munoz is a class act, man, and it's nice to have, I, in my in my opinion, probably the best offensive lineman tackle that ever played the game. He, that is him. I agree. All right, you my friend, we're going to do it again next week, man. Safe trip, getting home. Talk to you later, my friend. Thank you. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.